On The Go podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. Who needs God? I do. Okay. We, we just got to figure that out somewhere, right? We, we got to figure this out. Well, last week I started the series, uh, Who Needs God? And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that you're getting into the homework of it, right? So last week I, I started out by saying, um, yeah, I, I'm not going to bring up... I, I, how many people were wondering what happened to the Bible last week, right? It's like, well, he just preached a whole sermon and we didn't read a Bible scripture, right? Freaking out. Because I gave you the homework, more of it today. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but did you get to read some of those scriptures last week? So it has a lot to do with what we're talking about. Before I get going this morning... I got more campaign cards. They're awesome. Look at these. I got eight of them. We got, uh, we got, I have 550 bucks coming in every month. This is awesome. If you have not considered the more campaign, would you consider the more campaign? Information is in the back by the doors. It just says, hey, listen, here's what we're doing. This is our home. This isn't my home. This isn't their home. This is, this is our home, and this is how we maintain our home. And so there's some information back by the doors. Pick those up. We got eight cards so far. We'd love to see your name come in. Um, so here's what's going on. This series is um, it's about religious doubt. You know what I'm talking about when I say religious doubt? When you're reading something in the Bible and you go, I don't know. It happens. You're reading and you're like, what was that for? Why did they do that? What was that about? I don't understand. Or... You're in a situation, life's going on, and something happens, and you're like, that doesn't seem fair. You ever done that one? That person was such a good person. Why, why would, watch this, why would God give them cancer? You ever had those roll through your brain? And here's what happens. Doubt sits in, and I want to talk a little bit about that today. Because I think everybody has religious doubt. And the big reason is because there's stuff in the Bible that can leave us wondering, leave us hesitant, leave us unsettled, right? Anybody ever read that story about the guy who cuts up his child, right? You're like, wait, what? Yeah, it's a crazy story, right? He says, oh, I thank God, so I'm going to sacrifice the first thing that comes through my front door. And it's his daughter. I'm like, what? And... And it just leaves me unsettled. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> a creatorless universe where everything is reduced to chemistry, biology, physics, I'll tell you what, that's truly unsettling. So I started last week, I talked about atheism 2.0. Atheism isn't what it used to be. It used to just mean, you know, atheism, Darwin, evolution. You know. Oh no, it's gotten much deeper. If you didn't hear it last week, I encourage you, get the podcast, get it on the website, get, get, just listen to the message last because that's what really opens up and gives a foundation for what we're talking about. This atheism 2.0 goes beyond not believing in God. It goes way beyond just there is no God. And so it's real important that we get that because when you think about it, humanity has been disbelieving in gods for a long time, right? Ra, right? Jupiter, Zeus, 
There's all kinds of people say, I don't believe in that God. That God, right? In fact, I brought this guy up last week. His name's Richard Dawkins. He, he wrote a book called The Devil's Chaplain, Reflections of Hope, Lies, Science, and Love. And he says this, we're all atheists about most of the gods that humanity has ever believed in. Some of us just take it one God further. Keep in mind, and I, and I brought this up in our last series, right? Uh, discovering the Bible or unlocking the Bible, rather. I, I brought it up. Christians were the first atheists because Christians refused to believe in the pantheon of gods. All these other guys, they said, nope. And so that's where this term really became popular. It was among Christians were the first atheists, saying we don't believe in those gods. Well, I'm fascinated in the midst of all this. I'm I'm really fascinated by um, deconversion stories, where people were Christians and they no longer are, where, where something happens and then people quit believing like they believed in Jesus and then they stopped believing in Jesus. They believed in God and they stopped believing in God. And see, most what, what's called deconstruction stories have several things in common. It, it often starts when people have a religious childhood experience. There's this religious childhood experience and then they transfer or they transition into an irreligious environment that they like a lot. And they start hearing these things and, and they begin asking Listen to me now. Adult questions about their childhood faith. Catch what's happened here? So I grow up in this religious area, this religious experience, and I get into this non-religious experience, this arena, and I start asking questions here about this childhood faith. And here's what happens. We ask, listen to me now, faith-based questions, and we get fact-based answers. We ask a question, faith-based. Why would God do something like that? And we get a fact-based question. Well, because science says it. And we go, what? Watch this. Or we ask fact-based questions. I wonder how the earth got to be like that. And somebody gives you a faith-based answer. Because God did. You're like, fact-based questions with faith-based answers. Or faith-based answers questions, and we're receiving fact-based answers. Everybody follow what I just did there? See, we, we, we've, got to, we've got to narrow these things down. We've got, we've got to be much clearer about it. When, and so here's what happens. With the inability to reconcile those two, this conflict, people abandon their faith. Well, if that's who God is, see, I asked a question about God, faith, and I got a fact-based answer. I go, then God's not worthy believing it. Catch that? Unfortunately, I think the version of God that many people leave behind is a God that never actually existed in the first place. I want to get into some of those gods this morning. See, most of us learned about God around the same time that we learned about Santa. Watch this now. And while our understanding of flying reindeer and the Easter bunny and Cupid and the tooth fairy, that all matured, our theology remained childish. Not to be confused with childlike, <laughs> right? Childish. It's like, well, this is the light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Not like, I'm like oh, wait, wait. Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so. 
and, and it's childish. While we're intentionally maturing, intellectually, with intention, we're not maturing with the God that we inherited, the God that was trying to be passed off to us. And, and, and therefore, we remain what I'm calling kindergarten Christians. Now, now watch, this is how it happens. See, I, I get into school, and they teach me addition. And I go, okay, one plus one, one plus two, one plus three. And then they teach me, when I master that, they move me on to subtraction. And when I get that down, they move me to power addition, called multiplication. And when I get that down in my multiplication tables, they move me to power subtraction, division. And I, and I start memorizing, and then they move me into fractions, et cetera, and then they move me to algebra and geometry, and, and it just keeps going. I remember my daughter one time, she was about fourth grade, fifth grade, and uh, uh, yeah, about fourth grade, and she was reading this book about uh, World War II, and she came to us, I said, how are you liking your book, honey? And she goes, oh, it's really good. I said, okay, tell me about it. Well, the Nazis, they're just, it's really crazy, but the Nazis are doing these things, and, and they're such chouse, it's everywhere, and I'm like, the Nazis? I'm like totally lost. I said, what are you talking about? And she opens up the book. And I go, oh, that's pronounced Nazis. That's not Nazis. That's Nazis. And, and Chaus, that's chaos. Now watch this. In fourth grade, her reading is picking up. Oh, that word is pronounced that way. See, math we grow. English we grow. We grow, we mature in our intellect. But what about our faith? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, right? And if you've ever been a Sunday school teacher, you know this one. Who parted the Red Sea? Jesus! Right? No, 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 this is a Moses story, right? And see, and it's, it's, this, it's this mentality, it's, oh, the answer is Jesus to everything. Well, when I hear some people describe the God that they no longer believe in, I think to myself, you know what? <laughs> I don't believe in that God either. You don't believe in that God? You know, I don't think that God exists. I think the God that you quit believing in isn't a God worth believing in. I think that's a good decision. So today I want to talk about the six. Somebody told me so. Lowercase g, gods of the New Testament. So, open up your app, open this up, because I got some stuff for you here this morning. I want to talk about these gods of the New Testament, because they don't exist, and I think more of us need to give up and stop believing in these gods. Here's the first one. It's the bodyguard god. You know the bodyguard god. The bodyguard god is the god that doesn't allow bad things to happen to good people. You know the bodyguard god, right? That would never happen. This is the God who doesn't care about starving children. This is the God who doesn't care about little children who are sex trafficked, who are abused, right? Wait, 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 what about the bodyguard God? This is like somebody declaring, you know, I don't believe the iPhone has a creator because there are so many broken iPhones in the world. Wait, what? I, I know, listen, it's not rational thinking, but it's what people say. There's so many broken humans. How could there be a God? You, you see, I, I know it's ridiculous. Pain, the, the problem of pain and brokenness in our life, it, it, I want you to hear me. Pain is not a rational reason to stop believing in God. Listen to me. It is an emotional reason 
to stop believing in God if we're going to base our decisions on emotions, which I would not recommend. It's an emotional reason to stop believing in God, but it's, it's not a rational reason. See, unfortunately, bad things seem to happen to good people. But people go, well, if that's the case, then there can't be a good God. But we need to remember as Christians that this faith that we believe in, Christianity, started when a really horrible thing happened to a really good person. Bad things happen to good people. So if you lost your faith in the bodyguard God, that's fine. That God doesn't exist. Here's here's a second one for you. The on-demand God. You believe in this one? The on-demand God. You know, the God who responds with those requests. Well, it's a fair request. This just seems like uh, I can make this request. And, And that God would respond the way we would respond. Well, of course. Hey, listen, you deserve it. That's only fair. And you know what? You've had such a hard week. Go ahead. Indulge in fill in the blank. That's the on-demand God. The problem is you asked and you heard nothing. You, you wanted a sign and you saw nothing. You needed a miracle and nothing happened. So this on-demand God, right, I'm going to stop believing in God. Well, stop believing in the on-demand God, right? Because he doesn't exist. Because he doesn't pull through on the things. This is what I expect. But he doesn't do it because he doesn't exist. Here's a third one. This, this This is a real fan favorite. It's called the best friend God. Or what I like to call the boyfriend, girlfriend God. Right? The God who's all, whose presence can always be felt. They're just there for you. Right? The best friend God. But here's the problem. Since, since we don't feel their presence, since I don't feel God's presence, like my boyfriend, like my girlfriend, right? My best friend. Well, then there must not be a God. If I don't feel their presence. This is an unrealistic expectation. That we would feel his presence all the time. It's there. We just may not feel it. We become deaf and blind to what God is doing. We don't always see what God is doing. We just don't have what the Bible says. Eyes to see, listen, and ears to hear what the Spirit is doing and saying. We just miss it. It just happens. And so with this unrealistic expectation that we were taught or that we made up, God has to do this, we face this disappointment, which is disappointment is the result of failed expectations. I thought you were going to do this. Why didn't you do that? That's why you feel disappointed because I I had believed things were going to happen. I had expectations, right? Number four is both really popular and extremely cruel. I, I call this one the guilt god. Oh, man, so many people, really popular, the guilt God, right? The God who controls through shame and through fear. And I'll tell you what, this God right here, he reminds us, hey, if that's enjoyable, the answer is no. If it has anything to do with sex, then it's no, 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 no. That's the guilt God. And somewhere along the line, we heard, somebody told us, you know, God loves you, but he doesn't really like you. 
but he has to love you because he's God. Who, who told you that? Priest? Pastor? Parent? Who, who gave us that message? No matter, that, that no matter what you do or don't do, it'll never be enough. And so I want to tell you, if you have rejected the guilt God, good for you. Because the guilt God isn't real. This next, somebody told me so God is really popular. Really popular these days. It's what I call the anti-science God. The anti-science God is the God who forces us to choose between religion and faith. You have to choose one or the other. This is when and where we are told things like this. Quit thinking. Just start believing. I'm like, wait, what? Quit thinking? That, that, why did God put a brain in my head? Yeah, you're thinking too deeply about it. Just believe. Again, fact-based question, faith-based answer. Because someone, and I'm using this in its full term, was ignorant, they just didn't know, didn't know the answer to a fact-based question and threw out a faith-based answer. You just got to believe. I, I want to know. In fact, I brought him up last week. He, he wrote The God Delusion, Richard Dawkins. He, he's a huge atheist. He said, one of the truly bad effects of religion is that it teaches us that it's a virtue to be satisfied without understanding. Just some things you just will never know, which is true. But I want you to know something. If, there, there's a ton of things that we just don't know. But if, if it's God or science, that choice is really a false alternative. If you have to choose between a God who created the earth in six days, a 6,000 to 10,000-year-old earth versus a 4.5-billion-year-old earth, there's there's probably no wonder in my mind that you lost your faith. How can, how can that be? 6,000 years or 4.5 bit? Wait, what? I'm with you. If you don't believe in the anti-science God, which, by the way, would be a great subject for another time. We've had people here to teach us about science because, listen, that's not, my, that's not my lane. I'm trying to stay in my lane. So I brought people out who this is their specialty. Let me tell you about science and God and how they work together. It's just not my lane. So I like to stay in my lane. Let somebody else who's professional in that do that. And I brought that up last week. If I was to debate these atheists, I'd have a hard time catching up because they're very quick. It's, it's their lane. That's not my lane. My lane is the body of Christ. This is my lane. And I can, I can dab into it because I, I do, right? But, but the last of our gods of the New Testament, again, lowercase g, is closely tied to the anti-science god. He's the gap god. You ever met the gap god? The god who conveniently shows up as an explanation for everything we can't explain? That's the gap god. Right? I, I call this one the above my pay grade God. <laughs> right? It's like, why does God do that? Because he's God. Wait, what? <laughs> and, and listen, please hear me. That is, a, that is a good answer. But it's a hard answer to swallow when people are struggling, when people are hurting, when people are facing pain, when people have these things and they go, and, and it's stupid things. When people say, 
well, God needed another angel in heaven. That's why he took your baby. I'm like, please shut up. Ministry of shut up right now. Right? It's like, wow, not the answer someone needs to hear. Not, not, not even a biblical answer, by the way. But anyway, it, it's just, here's the problem is that, and, and we need to be careful in this area, because what that unexplainable list is getting shorter every day. The stuff that we couldn't explain, we're now going, oh, we have the ability to explain that. And that list gets shorter all the time. And what bewilders us today is going to be systemized tomorrow. They're going to go, oh, this is the way that is. Oh, how, is, how are genetics passed on? Well, now we have the DNA. And you're like, oh. So let's be careful. When something is unexplainable, it is not evidence for the existence of God. In fact, in most cases, it's just, again, ignorance. We just don't know. And that's okay. There's a lot of stuff we don't know. And in fact, I want you to know, that if, if, the God, if God is only credited for the stuff that's unusual or coincidental, it's like, I don't know, right? That's not a God we need. And, and again, quite honestly, it's not a God that exists. But if, if you left the gap God because it just couldn't offer you another, God's unexplainable, right? And, and also, by the way, if everything were explained and explainable, it still wouldn't explain God. I can explain everything on the planet and we will never figure out God. And that's what makes him God. It's just bigger than we can take. Now, each of these gods of the New Testament, each of these gods that I've just brought us today are a combination of uh, unmet, unfair, unspoken expectations that we have on God. They're childhood explanations. We're told, well, just God this. Well, God doesn't let bad things happen to good people. We've been told these things, right? They're ill-informed interpretations. I think sometimes they're absolutely just blatant manipulations. We're working the system to explain God like I can figure it out. And my question today is, did your view of God grow up or did you outgrow your view of God? Remember what I talked about? Our, our intellectual capacities continued to grow, but we never grew past the kindergarten God. I have a basic understanding. I never memorized the Bible, never read the, never read the Bible all the way through. Beloved, listen to me. Don't know the connections between the Old Testament and New Testament. Don't know why these are prophecies. This doesn't make sense. So you know what we do? We go, eh. But tell me what happens when a teacher says, I know you don't understand why one plus five is six, but let's work this out. I don't understand. You don't just get to stop. Do we? we I didn't leave my daughter in chaos with the nazis. I didn't just leave her there. But here's what we do. Beloved, listen to me. We stopped apprenticing. We believed in Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. And that's, that's it. it. And I don't know why those Old Testament books are written the way they are. And I don't know the difference between the history books, the law books, the prophecy books, the poetry books of the Old Testament. I don't know how they put the Bible together. That's why I did the last series, Unlocking the Bible. How it all came together, because I'm telling you, I had so many conversations in that series like, I had no idea that's how the Bible was put together. 
And to think the big rocker was in that last series was that every time that Paul and Peter and Jesus were all saying, oh, the word is perfect, they were talking about the Old Testament. That every time that Paul said, oh man, the word of God is good for correcting and learning, he was talking about the Old Testament. That, that rocked people like, wait, wait, wait. See, and we, here's what we were doing. We were moving out of kindergarten Christianity to understanding what this thing is. When answering the question, where do babies come from? At some point, it depends on who's asking, but we, we accommodate to a child's capacity. And, and at some point, mommy's tummy doesn't suffice. But you know, we, we don't say, we don't then go, well, we're we just throw it all out. Now that we understand the science of it, we, no, no, stop, stop, stop. I, I remember I, I used to tease my son very early on, right? And because he would ask me that question. And I told him, I said, I got you in the produce department at Vaughn's. You were 99 cents a pound. No, no, I did. And his sisters would laugh. I, I said, I got you in the produce department, and I want you to know, I saved the receipt. I can take you back. <laughs> oh, he would go, right? And, I, and I, would always, I had a Vaughn's receipt that didn't say anything on it, but it was like, see, I got it right here. And I would put it away, and he's like, right? It was, now, again, obviously, I'm, I'm messing around with my son. But he was asking the question, and I knew, watch this, he was not of an intellectual capacity to handle the answer, and so that's what I told him, just being silly. Oh, some, some of you use the stork. Again, the answer, mommy's tummy. Today is not an argument for God. What I'm suggesting is that if and when you walked away, or if and when you have doubts, and if and when you begin to question your faith, it's possible that we're walking unnecessarily away from a God who never existed in the first place. I don't believe in that God. Neither do I. The gap God. The boyfriend God. The girlfriend God, right? I, I don't believe in that God either. The bodyguard God. It's a huge one that makes people walk away. The bodyguard God is brought down by a lot of people. My grandmother, this thing happened. They lost all their money in the, in the fall of 2008. You know, the economy collapsed. And why would God allow that to happen? They worked so hard for so many... When did you hear that God was in charge of the New York Stock Exchange? You, you see, we, we make these connections. Why would God take that young person's life? They were only 16 years old. God is not in charge of their driving. You see, and the bodyguard God has to go away. I'm hoping next week will be a, um, a disturbingly liberating message. Because I, I want to talk to you if you have walked away from the Bible tells me so, God. You went, I can't believe in that God. Are you sure you read it correctly? Are you, are you sure? And watch this. Most of the time, it's this. Watch this. How can you believe in this God? Oh, that's what it says? I don't believe in that God. And I never looked into it for myself. I never did my own digging. I just remained a kindergarten Christian. Beloved, we are apprentices of God. I take that back. As Christians, that's what that word means. 
They, they use this word disciple. It's only a word used in church. So I'm going to use a cultural word. We're apprentices. Are we learning the trade? The trade is to be like Jesus more today than I was yesterday and more tomorrow than I am today. I am an apprentice of Jesus. That's what this is about. That's, what, that's why we gather here. That's why we come together. 